You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. What's up, church? How y'all doing? Man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord, amen? Hey, we sing of His faithfulness. Why? Because He's faithful. Man, He is a faithful, loving, heavenly Father. And man, that is, that is something that we sing about. It's why we open up His Word, why we allow the Spirit to work in our lives, because we know that He is the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate God for our lives. Man, we're in a series uh, through the book of Job. And if you missed week one last week, that's okay. I'm going to give you a quick recap. So last week we looked at Job and how he loved love, love the Lord, how he loved his kids, and how he had a lot of money, right? And he was the greatest in the East, and then there was this meeting um, in the spiritual realm, and um, God said, hey, have you considered my servant Job when he was talking to Satan? And so God gave Satan permission to take things away from Job, and we kind of talked about how that could really go two ways, right? Some of us could say, why would God ever do that? And some of us could say, hey, God never, ever lost control of the situation. And we serve a God who is always in control. We serve a God who allows things to pass through His hand, but it's for an ultimate big purpose, big reason that we oftentimes can't see as we're going through the struggle. And this week, last week if you were with us, we talked about the first two chapters and how that just kind of sets the story up. And then the next 35 chapters of the book of Job were about questions. Questions, advice, counsel. So this week we're going to go through those 35 chapters. However, not chapter by chapter, not verse by verse. We're going we're gonna to pull some highlights out of these, but we're going to talk about what it looks like to, to receive and to give good counsel. Now, I don't know if you've ever been giving, giving someone advice and you're making stuff up as you go. Has anybody been there? Be honest. Let's just be honest, right? I do that sometimes, right? It's like, yeah, so I, I think you should do this. This is really important. You need to do this. And everybody's like, well, he's a pastor. I probably should listen to him. So I just want to, I want to give you some, some wisdom this morning. Just because I say something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. You can ask my wife, right? She will attest to that. But there is a blueprint to how we can know that we are giving and receiving wise, godly counsel. And man, that's so important because there's so many opinions in our world. There's so many people that try to tell us what to do, to try to give us advice, to try to give us counsel, And a lot of times, we just accept that as truth. We accept that as the best path forward. And we don't really line it up the way that Scripture teaches us to line it up. So this morning, that's really what I want us to look at. It's going to be very practical. But I want us to to think of some questions to ask when we're receiving or when we're giving counsel. Now, what I don't want you to take out of this is that you're going to be the best advice giver in the world when you leave this place. Because if you're not a good advice giver right now, you're probably still not going to be a good advice giver when you leave. That's not the goal of this message. 
The goal of this message is to just show us that there is a blueprint out there to know if we're receiving some really wise counsel and when we give it, that we can line it up this way. So there's a, there's a story out there about an angel that showed up at a, at a seminary and there, there was this faculty meeting going on and there was this dean who was highly respected. He was the most tenured and an angel appears in this meeting and says, hey, you, this tenured guy, this, this dean of deans, he said, you have your choice of limitless wealth, infinite wisdom, or unmatched beauty. You could get whatever you want, just tell me which one you want. So being just a man of, of his stature, he kind of looks around at his other uh, faculty members and they decide, hey, since you are the, the best dean here, you're already pretty smart, I think you should go with infinite wisdom. So that's what he chooses, and the angel says, hey, it's done, and the angel disappears, and then it gets really quiet, and he's just sitting there. He's just got all the wisdom in the world. And somebody leans over to him and says, hey, you should probably say something. Like, you know everything now. What do you want to say? So very slowly, carefully, calculated, he said, I should have taken the money. So he's the wisest dude in the world at this point, knowing that he was just given bad advice and he should have taken the money. I don't know if you've ever been given bad advice before in your life, but it happens. And sometimes we take that bad advice, we make decisions, and then our life begins to go a little haywire and we want to blame the people that gave us the advice, which I understand that that's just kind of our culture. Let's blame someone else. But man, we have to begin to take responsibility for the decisions that we make. And when we get counsel, it's so important for us to understand if it's wise counsel or not. So here's four questions I think that we can ask ourselves when it comes to counsel. Number one is this. Is it biblical? Is it biblical? We see in Job chapter 5, verse 27, it says this, Behold, this we have searched out, it is true. Hear and know it for your good. So here's Job's friends telling him that, man, we've examined this situation. We've searched this out. This is what's true. So they're pretty much telling Job at this point that, man, you have caused this to come upon yourself. Because of the things that you've done, because of your life, because of your sinfulness, you've caused this to come upon yourself. But here's the thing. Just because somebody tells you that they've examined it, just because somebody tells you that they've searched it out, it doesn't mean that it's true. And if it doesn't line up with Scripture, then it's definitely not good, wise counsel. So one thing we talk about a lot in our small groups here at Impact Church is, man, when, when God is placing something in our hearts, and that's a big question, right? How do we know if it's something that we want to do or if it's something that God is calling us to do? And our number one answer is always, hey, line it up with Scripture. Does Scripture say that? Because if Scripture doesn't say that, then it's not what you're supposed to do. Man, a lot of times people want to hear from God. How many of you have ever said, God, I just need you to answer me? Let's be honest. I just, I need you to answer me. Now, if He spoke to you audibly, you would freak out. And I get it. I would freak out. But man, we have the opportunity each and every day to hear from God, right? So this is God's Word, and if you want to hear from God, you just open His mouth, and He will speak to you. And if you want to hear it audibly, just read it out loud. 
and God will speak to you out of it. Man, Scripture is so important, not just because, not just because a pastor's up here telling you that Scripture is important. Scripture is important because it is God's Word, because it is holy and it is, it is inspired by the Spirit of God. And Hebrews says this, chapter 4, verse 12, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Listen, the Bible isn't just words written on a page, written on a screen. The Bible is the Word of God. And it is active, and it is living, and it is working. Man, I was growing up, and man, I, I had some, some speakers that I kind of knew that, man, they would, they would preach, and people would get saved, and man, the Spirit would move, and then maybe, maybe that person, that pastor, that speaker would, would have some kind of moral failure, maybe he really didn't even love God to start with, and you start to wonder, how can stuff like that happen? How can these pastors who really aren't following after Jesus, how can the Spirit still move in their midst? And here's the answer, is that it doesn't matter who reads this Word, the Word itself is active. The Word itself is living. The Holy Spirit doesn't need me, and He doesn't need you. He will do what He does, and He will move in this place. Man, and we have the privilege, we have the opportunity to open the mouth of God each and every day. We have the privilege and the opportunity to measure things up against the truth of Scripture. And, and that's the first question that you have to ask anytime you're receiving or anytime you're giving counsel is, is it biblical? What does the Bible have to say about this? See, this is what's happened in our culture. We want to measure the Bible against the standards of the world. Right? We see these standards in our culture and then we want to pick and choose what part of the Bible fits into those standards. And that is completely backwards. See, we measure the standards of the world against the truth and the holiness of the Word of God. Man, and when we don't do that, we begin to live a life that is so far from the way that God intends for us to live this life. Now we try to fit in with this world so we live by the standards of this world. So when we get counsel, as long as it lines up with the standards of the world, we think it's pretty good advice. But here's the truth. Man, it's got to be biblical. Or it's going to send us far, far away from our loving Heavenly Father. And this is so important. It's so important that we measure the standards and the things of the world against what Scripture says and we don't flip it around. We don't get it backwards, right? We don't, we don't allow the Bible to be changed or the Bible to fit in to some standard that we've created. We must, we must fit in to the standards of Scripture. And that's just the truth of the matter. And maybe you're sitting there right now saying, yeah, but you always say that we don't, we don't live this, this list of do's and don'ts. And man, I don't want you to hear that that's what I'm saying this morning. I'm, I'm not saying that there's a list of do's and don'ts. I'm saying that Scripture teaches us to follow Jesus and to become more like Him. The more we become more like Him, the more we listen to His voice through His Word, 
the more we're connected and personal with Him, the more we understand what lines up with His standard and what doesn't. I'm not telling you you have to be a theological scholar to give good advice or to receive good advice. I'm telling you that it must be biblical for it to be sound counsel. Number two is this. Is it factual? Is it factual? Are the, do the facts line up with, with what's happening around me? In Job eleven fourteen, it says, If iniquity is in your hand, put it far away, and let not injustice dwell in your tents. And then in Job 4, 8, 9, it says, As I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. By the breath of God they perish, and by the blast of His anger they are consumed. So here we still have these friends of Job telling him that it's because of his sin because of his actions, that all this stuff is happening to him. And that's just not factual, because we saw last week that God said he was blameless and upright. He was a man that was after God's heart. He loved God. So the facts just aren't lining up in this council. And there's a lot of times that if we could just sit down and we could just stop and we could just look at the facts of the situation around us, we will really understand that this counsel is bad, bad counsel. Here's an example. I'm going to throw myself under the bus just really quickly with this. But man, there's times that I have to give some kind of advice or something and I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just going to be honest. I don't know, what the, I don't know about the subject. I don't really know the topic very well. It's not my... My, my wheelhouse, but people are asking me for advice. And sometimes I can fall into the trap of, hey, because they're asking, I need to give them an answer. So I'm just going to throw something out that sounds really good because I can put some words together that sound like I'm smart and know what I'm talking about. Now, I, I don't usually, but I can, I can twist some words and I can get some stuff on paper. Or I can send a text or an email and it's going to sound good. And people are going to be like, this is a smart dude. I'm like, yes, I am. And I have no idea what I'm talking about right now. I don't even know the facts of the situation. But we're so quick to just take advice from people or to give advice when it's really not factual at all. See, these guys were telling Job it was because of his sin, because of his behavior, because of his life, that all these things were happening to him. And we see that that's just not true. There's something going on in the spiritual realm where God is just knowing that Job will never deny him. And He gives permission for Satan to, to do some things to Job. Man, and I still can't imagine the pain and the agony and the, just the, the mountaintop to valley so drastically that he experienced. Man, what a... What a moment and a season of suffering. And some of you, maybe you're sitting in this place and you're, you're in that moment. Maybe some of you are sitting in this room right now and you are in that moment of suffering. And maybe you could tell the story to someone of what you're going through and they're like, yeah, man, that's not a big deal. But for you, for you, you are suffering more than you've ever suffered in your life. And you're getting counsel from people who don't understand that, man, it needs to line up biblically. They don't understand the facts around 
the suffering that you're dealing with. But you're taking their advice because you just think that they know or they should know the right answer. And I've seen it so many times that people are hurting and they're suffering and they go to someone and and who they go to doesn't really understand. They don't understand the magnitude of the situation in that person's life. Because guess what? Just because it's not suffering to someone else doesn't mean it's not suffering to you. And I want you to know this morning that if you're in that season of suffering, there is hope and His name is Jesus. That as we get to the end of this series, we're going to see that Job had an experience with God that he had never had before. And this experience with God brought him so much closer. They had so much more intimacy and his life was never, ever the same. Man, and in your moment of suffering, as you're getting advice, or as you're giving advice, make sure that it's biblical. Make sure... That is factual. Number three is this. Is it necessary? And is it necessary? Keith Whitley had a song, right? And and I may sing this right now. I'm not really going to sing it. But y'all are ready for that. But he said, hey, you say it best when you say nothing at all. Right? And man, when you're in love, that kind of, it's like, man, you just looking at me like that. Just don't talk. Don't talk, just look at me, right? Just look at me. And then it's like, well, don't even look at me. Just look over there. Like you say it best when you just say nothing, right? The more that you're married, the more that that's true. Just maybe a different kind of way, right? Hey, you say it best when you just don't say anything. I know you love me. Let's just keep moving. But man, here's the deal. Sometimes it's just not necessary to talk at all. Sometimes people don't need your advice. They just need you to be there with them. But we're so quick to offer some kind of counsel, and a lot of times our counsel makes it worse because we're pointing people away from Jesus when we should be pointing them towards Him. Is it necessary? Is it necessary to say all the crazy things? And there's a verse in 1 Corinthians that I really believe gets taken out of context a lot. And I just want to read it to you. It's in chapter 10. It says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So this is what's happened. Even though this verse isn't about grief and suffering, somehow the church has has kind of started to apply this to that. And they say this phrase, and I know you've heard this before, that God won't give you more than you can handle. Anybody ever heard that? God won't give you more than you can handle. Let me just be really honest with you this morning. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that God won't give you more than you can handle. He says that He's going to be with you through the suffering. Because in the suffering, we realize our weakness and our dependence on Him. Let me read this to you really quick. This is from the bereaved parent. It says this, When our young son died during an operation to correct a congenital heart malfunction, 
her clergyman took her aside and said, I know that this is a painful time for you, but I know that you will get through it all right because God never sends us more of a burden than we can bear. God only let this happen to you because He knows that you are strong enough to handle it. She looked at the pastor and drew the logical conclusion. So, she said, if only I were a weaker person, Robbie would still be alive. Man, when we begin to twist Scripture, it sends people farther away from Jesus. Sometimes it's just better to say nothing at all. Sometimes it's just better to say nothing. Just be there. Be with someone. And sometimes they don't even want you to be with them. They just want you to be available. So just be available. That's why we, we really hit on groups here because doing life with other people is important. Even if you don't say anything, just knowing that there's a village, there's a community, there's a group of people that have your back, that are taking steps with you, man, that makes all the difference in the world. And Job's friends did this for a little while. Let's look at Job 2.13. It says this, And they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights. And no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. And then we have 35 chapters of counsel. So they sit with him for a week because they just know he's suffering. And then they just, they're like, well, we just can't sit here anymore. It's time for us to talk. It's time for us to give him some counsel. It's time for us to give him some advice. And their advice was horrible. It was terrible. Because it wasn't biblical. It wasn't factual. And it wasn't necessary. Then is it needed? And this is probably the one I struggle with personally the most. And it's just, it's really guys are wired more this way than than the females are because we're, we just want to fix things, right? So when someone comes to us with some kind of problem or they're suffering, we want to jump in and fix it. And sometimes it's just not, it's not our place to do that. And you know how we can fix it more than anything? It's just be there. Just listen. Just listen to the suffering. Sit with them for, for seven days. Sit with them for 70 days. Sit with them for seven months. Sit with them and be there. And push them towards Jesus. Pray for people. Pray with people. And when it's time to give advice, give biblical advice that's factual. Man, don't just jump in just because you think it's necessary. Only jump in when it is necessary. And always make it biblical and always make it factual. And here's the fourth question. Is it spoken in love? Job 8.4 says this, if your children have sinned against them. So we remember last week that Job's kids were all killed. And this is what one of the, the friends says, if your children have sinned against him. So you can take out the if because he's saying, hey, your kids sin against God. So he has delivered them into the hand of their transgression. So this is what they're saying. Hey, because your sins were, or your sons were bad people and they were sinning, because your daughters were bad people and they were sinning, God just took them out. He was done with them. That's not very loving. Right? And I'm not saying that we don't tell the truth, that we don't, that we don't speak the truth, that we don't talk about stuff, that we're not really biblically sound. I'm saying that when we do give advice or when we do receive advice, it should always be spoken in love.
Man, and I've seen this go both ways. Completely opposite directions. I've seen where there's no love at all. Where it's just stern. Where it's just blunt. There's really no love. We're just domineering. We're really hateful. We think we're doing a, a service to someone because we're telling them the truth. What the truth means nothing if you're not speaking in love. I've also seen it the other way where there's so much love and there's so much grace that truth gets watered down in there. Right? And neither one of those are okay. We must speak truth, but we must speak truth in love. Ephesians 4.15 says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head. Speaking in love, we're to grow up. We're to get more mature. We're to grow as a body of believers. Understanding that Christ is the head of the church, the, the capital C, the body of Christ. He's the head. Man, and we all have different parts to play. And we're speaking in love so that we can grow up together as believers. So that we can continue taking next steps of faith together as believers. Speaking in love. And then one of the more popular in 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Listen, it all comes down to speaking in love. Now some of you, maybe this is really easy for you, maybe this is really hard for you, right? Or maybe... If it depends on the person you're talking to, or, or right? Maybe all these different elements come into play. And it doesn't mean that you sit down and that you light candles and that you're really, you know, just, man, we're going to do this in love. We're going to, that's not what I'm talking about, right? We're not doing that. I'm saying that there's, there's something inside of you, and it's the Spirit of God who is giving you this love. And as you speak to people, you're doing it from a place of, care, a place of love, a place of them being pointed to Jesus, maybe the, maybe the conversations are different for different people. Right? When I speak to my kids, it comes from a place of love. But it's not the same way I'm going to speak to a new person that walks in these doors. Right? Or they probably won't come back. I'm just going to speak to my kids a little differently, but it still comes from a place of love. So this isn't so much about volume of conversation. This isn't so much about tone of conversation. This is about the heart of the conversation. What is the purpose of you giving this advice? Is it so that people can look at you and say, man, that's a smart dude right there. I'm going to keep going to him for advice. Or is it, man, they're really hurting and I love them and I want them to be pointed towards Jesus. So I'm going to offer whatever biblical Factual advice is needed in that moment. And if they never come back to me, that's okay. Because this is the opportunity that God has given me in this moment. Man, so many times we can just take some kind of prideful route and say, man, I want to give advice because I want people to keep coming to me for advice. 
I want people to know that I know what I'm talking about. The problem is for me, the more people get to know me, the more they know I have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm done. I don't even pretend anymore. Except at work. Because that helps, right? If you're watching, I'm just kidding. I know everything I'm talking about. But man, here's, here's what I want to do in the, the last, last few minutes that we have here. I want us to get to a place where we understand the importance of receiving and of, of giving wise counsel. Because I think we do this all willy-nilly all the time. And it's okay to have conversations and to give some opinions, but it's also very important to say, hey, so this is just my opinion. Right? So let's just let's go with the receiving of, of counsel just for a second. When you're receiving counsel, your responsibility is to make sure that it lines up with Scripture. Don't expect someone else to do that part. You do that. Make sure that what they said lines up with Scripture. And make sure that they have the facts right. And I can't tell you how frustrating it is to get advice from someone who doesn't even know the facts of the situation. And it's frustrating. And we're nice people here at Impact Church, so we listen and we get more and more frustrated as they talk. Maybe we should just be like, hey, so those facts are wrong. Let me tell you why. And then maybe you can give me some better advice because you're, you're missing the mark. In love. But man, it's our responsibility to make sure that it's biblical advice coming in. How do we do that? We line it up with Scripture. We line it up with the Word of God. And maybe you're saying, man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, lot of words in this book. And I agree. Man, there are a lot of words in here. There's words that you probably don't even know what they mean. I don't know what they mean. And that's okay. We in 2022 have Google. And Google is very smart. Now, I'm not telling you to do your Bible study through Google. So don't think I'm saying that. But if you need a definition, they do pretty good. Webster's even on there. But man, this is what you do. You make sure that when somebody tells you something, it doesn't go against this book. And when I say this book, I'm not talking about this specific book that's on this table. I'm talking about the active Word of God. Let me read, let me read one more verse to you about this. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. Listen, this is God's word's important. And I can't can't emphasize that enough that God's word is important. And if you're not spending time in his word, and I'm I'm challenging you this morning to begin to add that rhythm into your life. And I'm not telling you how much to read, I'm not telling you how many minutes or hours to spend reading. I'm telling you to add this rhythm into your life where the Word of God means something to you. The Word of God should mean something to you personally. 
And we can't line it up with Scripture if we don't really start to understand and to learn Scripture. And again, you don't have to know everything. But if somebody, we know right off the top of our head, if somebody says, hey, I want you to go rob that store, we know that that doesn't line up with Scripture, right? And I know that that's just a, that's a far out example, but I'm trying to get you to understand that it, it really does make a difference when we begin to understand that the Bible is top priority. That Scripture is, is that is the measuring stick for all things. So when you're receiving, make sure that it's biblical and it's factual. And let me, let me just give you permission right now. If it's not needed in that moment, tell them it's not needed in that moment. Because we're human beings and we want to fix stuff and we want to help you and we want to, we want to offer all the advice we can offer. But I guarantee you, if you just say, hey, you know what? I don't need that right now. I just need you to be there. I just need you to pray. Now, we're going to respect that and say, most people, right? Most people will respect that and say, okay, I'm praying for you. You let me know if you need something. But a lot of times we're afraid for whatever reason to say, hey, that's not what I need right now. We just allow people to give us advice. And what happens is they give us advice. And if it's bad advice, the enemy begins to use that in our minds and make us, he makes us cling on to that advice and say, well, they did say this. Maybe this is what I need to be doing. And our brains begin to go crazy. And that's not what we need in the midst of our suffering. In the midst of our suffering, we need to experience more and more of Jesus. Sometimes we just need to be by ourselves. And we need to soak in all these emotions, all these feelings, all this anger, all this pain. And we need to allow that to lead us into a more deep, personal, intimate relationship with God. And when you're giving advice, man, make sure that you're doing it the right way. Make sure it's biblical. Don't just give some willy-nilly advice to people. Line it up with Scripture. Make sure you get the facts of the situation. Make sure it's factual. And that respect whether or not it's needed in that moment. Now we're in this city, right? We're in Harlem. Because God has placed us in this city. And we're in this city for this city. You hear us say that a lot. Because we truly believe that we're in this city for this city. God put us here for a reason. He put us here to to help people know His love. To grow in His love and to show His love to the world. But if we're going to be that light in this city. If we're going to be the church that He's called us to be, we have to understand that it's not always our place to tell people what to do. It's our place to be available, and it's our place to give wise, godly, biblical, factual, needed counsel. All in the name of love. Let's begin to do that. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. 
In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.